This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show as we are a week away from the uneventful Nate late National Signing Day where, you know, maybe even Nebraska will have a guy, maybe they won't. We'll talk more about that later in the show. But, you know, we, we've kind of had to shift our whole realm of how we use January compared to what we used to use it as because as far as adding new players, it, it, it's not what's going on right now. It's a lot of uh, coaches getting out and, and seeing 2021 guys, and we're seeing it right now in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Um, you know, a guy like Thomas Fedoni, Nate. I mean, he's had Jim Harbaugh, Georgia was there, uh, Drinkowitz, the new Missouri head coach, LSU is going to be there this week, Nebraska, Kansas State, uh, you name it. Um, you know, this kid in Council Bluffs has had all these coaches come in to see him, and and that's really what January now for recruiting has become. Get your head coach out and trot them around in front of these kids so they know how important you are to them. Yeah, it's the – the whole head coach dog and pony show, you know, is, is in full effect, and and it has to be. I mean, you, you'd be it'd be dumb not to take advantage of that because once spring evaluation period comes around, you can't have a head coach out on the road. So, uh, I mean, it, it makes sense, and this just just kind of the the way recruiting is going right now. I mean, everything has has evolved into this, and a lot of it has to do with the early signing period and and how much the process has been sped up and accelerated where everyone's class is 99% done. And so you can turn the page to that next year's class and, um, and really, really show your top targets just how much, um, you know, how much you are interested in them. I know with, with basketball, um, obviously they've had the two signing periods for a while, but it was the same way where your top flight guys and the majority of the, the elite level prospects you know, sign in the fall. But then in the spring, you see these guys come out of nowhere with these huge ratings bombs and get all this. The kid at Papio South. Yeah, they get all this attention. And I was wondering, Nate, if you or either of you guys, if you've seen a trend with football where guys that maybe didn't have much recruiting profile suddenly see their stocks skyrocket as teams, like you just said, are trying to fill out their classes, uh, suddenly view these kids in a different uh, light uh, given the demand they need for their class. Well, yeah, it's one of two things that happen, um, you know, with uh, unless you're like that five-star guy that, that's established already that can afford to take recruiting all the way through to uh, to the, the February signing day. It's uh, the, that mid-tier, lower-level guy that's rolling the dice on themselves and they are either upgrading big time uh, because they play a position of need that a lot of schools weren't able to fill in December. You know, you could be a, a you know low you know, two or, or three star offensive tackle, and if a bunch of schools missed out on, on that offensive tackle position, all of a sudden you're getting like big time power five offers, um, even though maybe you maybe that might be a little bit of a stretch. Right. But um, but I've also seen where there's some guys that gambled on themselves and it's kind of fallen off. Um, you know, Brennan Scott is a linebacker out of uh, out of Dallas that, and actually Nebraska kicked the tires on him a little bit. He's a four star guy, uh, decommitted from uh, was actually committed to Kansas, oddly enough, um, but decommitted and and now uh, he just committed to UNLV. So hmm. so he went from Kansas hoping to upgrade. And, to and downgrade and, yeah, right. and, and ended up, you know, I don't know, though, going to Vegas. Well, yeah, who knows? But, but the facilities and the resources. Yeah. yeah, that's that's drastically different. I mean, you're not going to get everything. And, um, you know, I know within Nebraska, you're not going to see 
any kid sign on a late signing day as far as in-state kids go. And, and you know, the, the later signing day is now more for Division II um, because Division II does not have an early signing day. And I was talking to uh, Coach McNinneman, uh, the new head coach at Wayne State, and he said, we actually like this because it gets everybody kind of cleared out of the way. And then we really know who's available for us at the Division II ranks. And so a Kearney or a Wayne State or a Northwest Missouri State, it's pretty beneficial. But speaking, guys, of roster movement, another piece moved this week for Nebraska. Not a shocker. About two weeks ago, we hinted in Tunnel Talk this was going to happen either now or at the end of spring ball. Jalen Bradley um, has put his name in the portal officially, meaning he'll stay on campus this semester, finish classes, um, but won't end up anywhere until May or June. And all signs point to South Dakota State for Jalen Bradley. And guess who Nebraska plays at Memorial Stadium, guys, on week three? <laughs> South Dakota State. So, it, you know, we get Bob Diaco week one. Mm. We get Jalen Bradley week three. Who's the Central Michigan head coach? So they, they've got a not- notable guy. Um, is that the old Florida coach that, that laid with the shark? Oh, McHugh, uh, McElwain. Yeah, McElwain. Really, he didn't really lay with the shark, but it's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he t- he I mean he took it pretty. Are we pers- sure that wasn't him? Because man, that was like his twin. Out there. He, he took it so personal too. But it's, it's an image that will forever be burned into my brain. Same here. So we get McElwain week two, Diaco week one, and the Jalen Bradley game week three. If if it all plays out and. I'm intrigued, and I mean, part of me is just the human being. I, you know, I would like to see Jalen Bradley get some redemption because you know, I, it would have been interesting to see him get a shot. I mean, and you know, his coach Mike Hupp and Nate has always been very open with us, and I mean, I think he makes some interesting points. He goes, "Do you really think Wyatt Mazur and guys like Brody Belt were better than Jalen Bradley?" And and I, I can see, you know, their argument that you know, did Jalen ever actually get a shot? Yeah, I mean. To to those guys' credit, that I mean, they were they're good players, but I mean, they were not even in the same league as Jalen Bradley coming out of high school. So, I mean, do you think they went to college and all of a sudden like made this these huge leaps? Um, you know, or or did Jalen Bradley go to college and and regress that much? I, I don't know. It's well, it's, there's some things off the field. Well, yeah. I, and I think that's probably something happened with him that put him in some sort of doghouse that no matter what. You know, it never felt like he was going to get out of that doghouse. Yeah, it, yeah, I think that was that's pretty clear. Something, something beyond you know just his his physical talents. Um, you know, kind of were were holding him back. Who, who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's about eight sides to that story. Sure, especially you know you know there's more to it when you look at what he did as a freshman. I mean, he played right away. Uh, you look at the Purdue game he had there, where he had ten touches for over seventy uh, all-purpose yards. Uh, and even had nine carries uh, against uh, Iowa in the season finale. So he was on track to be a factor in that running back rotation as a freshman. Then, uh, for whatever reason, 2018 rolls around and he redshirts. And then, you know, 2019, he plays in one game, uh, carrying the ball twice for eight yards in the Maryland win. So, I mean, like, he totally fell off the map after a very promising start. Uh, and, you know, that that generally means it was more than football that, that happened. Because he was recruited by Ryan Helpnate at Central Florida. I mean, they, they yeah. Central Florida was offered him before Nebraska did. They were on him early in the process. Yeah, they, they, they wanted him at Central Florida when, I mean, they probably could have gone in their own backyard and found and that th- guy. <laughs> thrown a rock and, and, and found a couple guys just, just as good. But, 
Uh, so yeah, clearly he was somebody that that fit the system. So you can't necessarily say, well, the coaching change and the change in offense or whatever. It just wasn't a fit. Yeah, I mean they they clearly wanted him uh, in the offense in Central Florida. So um, yeah, it's it's you know a, a unique deal. Um, I, I think every every couple of years there's there's one or two players that that kind of you know that things fizzle out or, or kind of have a situation where this happens. And and unfortunately for Jalen, it. You know, he was one of those guys, and uh, but you know, it, it looks like he's he'll be at South Dakota State, and I think that will end up being a pretty good fit for him. Yeah, you look at Bradley; he still holds two Nebraska eleven-man rushing records, four hundred and ninety-six yards rushing against Millard West in a in a playoff game. Uh, and I mean, that's not some low-level zero and nine OPS team. I mean, no. Millard West is a very very good team. And he had seven touchdowns in that game, which also tied a state record. So well, and he's got. He, the playoff scoring the playoff record. scoring record yeah 28 touchdowns was it scored in the playoffs just something some ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, over yeah. four games he was yeah. he put up like over 20 touchdowns yeah. I mean, close to 3,000 yards 50 touchdowns as a senior man that could be such an ugly storyline for Nebraska if he comes in and <laughs> rushes 28 times for a buck 30 and two touchdowns and Marvin Scott and Sevion Morrison struggle yeah, or exactly. the, new, the new guys come no, in man. and don't I mean they really need those guys to step up now i mean you look at that position uh obviously um you know they've got their one guy um you know coming back but uh scott and morrison you know need to be a factor right away i mean there's no doubt and and we we don't know about you know ramir johnson Mm -hmm. coming off injury i mean there's there's other questions um at that position guys ronald Tompkins coming off surgery uh probably won't be full go for the spring so that will be – I mean, the spring game will be probably a big Brody Belt day. I mean, you're, you're not going to get a yeah, lot probably. of yeah, um, other guys available for that game. Because Ramir, will Ramir be back from his did, – did he have surgery, Ramir, after after the game against Maryland? Yeah, maybe he did. That, that was it. Then, he, then they shut him down. That's right. That's right. That was his last game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the spring game is going to be what it is. But, you know, I think that that competition, just like, you know, some others, especially quarterback, is going to be one that goes well beyond the spring because uh, there's a lot of guys that have a lot to prove in that room before we get any idea of what that group's going to look like. Yeah, it'll be uh, probably a lot of Brody Belt, a lot of Winemaster there. Uh, but it, yeah, you look at the entire room there, and, and beyond Dedrick Mills, I mean, it's it's uh, you know not very many proven commodities there. All right, when we come back, uh, Nebraska basketball took another tough loss here on Tuesday night against Michigan. We'll get Robin Washett's thoughts on that and more next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.